0: Coaches, what is up? No, you're not dreaming. This is new content from us on a Thursday as we roll out part two of episode number 52. Today, we are continuing the discussion with my two brothers, Grant and Garrett. And if you haven't heard part one of our conversation yet, press pause in this episode and go back and check that one out first. We covered a lot of topics, including their high school and college football careers and, and what those experiences were like. And and then we talked specifically about the coaches who impacted them the most as players. And and I mentioned this in, in the episode that, you know, I thought it was interesting uh, with, with the guys that they talked about, you know, both of the guys, uh, both of those coaches they, that they talked about, Coach Armstead and Coach Huck, uh, two extremely uh, demanding coaches, um, coaches that were, you know, just really, Hard on their players, but also loved them even harder and I think that was the definite common thread between those two guys and So for us as coaches, I think that's a huge a huge takeaway for us as we consider, you know, what what kind of coaches do we want to be and what kind of coaches or what, what kind of impact do we want to have on our players and how can we be those kind of guys that that our players are looking back uh, at, you know, 20, 30 years from now and, and say, man, I'm so glad that I had this coach in my life. And I think that's it. I think it's not – taking the soft approach, not taking the buddy approach. I think it's definitely being demanding being and holding kids accountable, but also loving those guys and building relationships with them. And so uh, clearly uh, both Coach Armstead and Coach Huck were able to do that with Grant and Garrett, and, and that's why uh, those coaches had such a huge impact uh, on their lives. So before we get into today's episode, I once again want to tell you about a new device that is helping coaches everywhere be more organized, both in preparing for practice and actually in their practice time. And they're doing all that with the Coach Pad. Coaches, have you ever gone through the monotonous task of preparing scout cards, stuffing binders before practice, flipping through clear vinyl sheets that always seem to stick together, and then unstuffing those same binders after practice? Well, you know what? All of that has gone the way of the double-button bike coaching shorts and become a thing of the past thanks to the Coach Pad. The CoachPad is a device to help coaches be more efficient preparing for and while at practice when managing scout cards. No more stuffing binders with paper to take out to practice. The CoachPad allows coaches to do several coaching tasks, but there are two main functions addressing scout cards. You can load PDFs from any drawing program that you are currently using, such as Huddle, Practice Scripts, Just Play, Visio, etc., to the CoachPad to display out at practice in the sun and not worry about reflections. The other function is for you old-school coaches who like to hand-draw cards for practice. Using the football software that the guys at The Coach Pad developed, a coach can hand-draw digitized cards and take them directly out to practices without stuffing a binder. The Coach Pad is looking to change how coaches get ready for practice and go out to run their scout teams. You can purchase the CoachPad online at thecoachpad.com and use the clinic season promo code AFCA to get one for just $820. Coachpad YouTube channel shows several of the features you and your staff need to have the best scout card experience possible. Want to learn more? Visit their website at thecoachpad.com or check them out on Twitter at The Coach Pad. Get rid of those clunky binders and step into the modern era of coaching football with The Coachpad. All right, so I'm I'm not going to recap Grant and Garrett's full bios because we covered all that in, in part one of our conversation, but but just a, a quick recap. Grant is my older brother. Uh, he lives in West Monroe, Louisiana, with his wife and children, and he is the general manager for Buck Commander, which is a sister company to Duck Commander uh, there in West Monroe. Uh, he, he's the one who talks a lot and, and thinks he's funny. Uh, now, Garrett is my, my younger brother. He lives in Plano, Texas, with his wife where he is a sales director for a technology company called Gartner. And although he caught the brunt of mine and Grant and our sister Kim's jokes growing up, he has definitely shown us all up and, and done really well for himself and, and no longer does things like wear shirts that look like he kept them under his mattress. So anyway, we're picking up with our conversation where we left off in part one and, and we are going to be talking about the specific lessons that these guys learned from playing football and how they still use those lessons today. We also have some fun at the end recounting the things that none of us miss about playing football and and some of Grant and Garrett's funniest moments from their playing days. So all that and a whole lot more on this second half of episode 52. So let's get to it. Here's part two of episode 52 of KYPD. All right, so we talked about the coaches uh, that that had an impact on you, Garrett. Uh, Talk to me about just some lessons that you learned from playing football. It's like when you look back on your career, some things that that you picked up from being a football player that that you still uh, use today. So
1: I uh, I implement this at work every day, but one of the things is uh, uh, being on time. Uh, Again, back to something Coach Huck used to love to say to us was, if you're earlier you're on time, if you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're dead. Um, <laughs> and we actually believed him. And, uh, I, I made the mistake one time of, of showing up late my freshman year. I think it was, uh, coach Beeson who was running a, a red shirt workout on a Friday morning. And I walked into the walk into the weight room late and he said, Hey, you're late. And I said, no, my watch says 5.00 AM.
0: Oh. He goes,
1: well, we don't run it. We said, we don't run off of your watch. And he said, uh, come find me after practice. And, uh, that was the one and only time uh, that I showed up late to a workout. Dude, I'm just telling uh, you, let it. me
0: stop you right there. If a kid said that, especially you are a freshman, if a freshman ninth grade kid walked in and said that, well, my watch says, holy smokes, dude. Like, okay, I can't believe. Well, to be uh, fair,
1: I was a freshman in college, and so I right, yeah. pretty much all figured out. Uh, that
0: well, yeah, yeah. Um, but, oh, my gosh, dude. Okay, um, yeah,
1: so that's something that um you know that, that uh that sentiment does not have the same effect on my wife, but yeah, it's something yeah. that uh you know I I try to put into practice every day. I mean that's one she'd of be running
2: scents. lots of laps, huh, Garrett? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, we'd uh we'd live on the bleachers. So uh running them snakes. Running snakes. No, I mean, that's one of the things. I mean, I think there's just a certain component of, you know, like uh, football and probably all sports in general, just a certain responsibility that's taught. Uh, you know, I mean, there are, there are things that we apply every day. You know, I apply every day in my adult life where, you know, just from a, taking ownership and responsibility uh, that I learned and was, you know, had to, uh, had to learn um, playing football. And I, I think that those are lessons that a lot of folks take a long time to learn if they ever learn them at all. Um, and, and they learn them at a higher cost, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, me missing, me being late to a couple of workouts or two to one workout just meant, you know, I was a little, a little more exhausted at the end. Um, whereas the other folks who have not been so fortunate to have that kind of structure and, and to learn that responsibility have to learn it at a later time and, and sometimes at a higher at a higher cost. And so, yeah. Um, you know, I think the the hard work component goes without saying you know you don't just loaf your way into uh, into success or, or really even being on the team. Um, so kind of hard work and just the the accountability that that comes with uh, being on a team. Um, yeah I do in in our line of work, I do a lot of interviews um, and people ask us a lot of time uh, about our culture. Um, and, and I always explain this culture and, and that's, it's something that really, you know, I picked up and, um, you know, playing football, but I always explain our culture as competitively collaborative, um, meaning, you know, I always describe it. Um, if somebody doesn't understand, uh, sports analogies, normally they kind of drop a couple, couple rungs on my ladder, um, <laughs> in the interview process, but, um, we, we talk about, you know, everybody that we hire, everybody that's on our team, um, and this was uh, indicative of, or a result of the teams that I was always on, is everybody wants to be number one. Everybody wants to be, you know, a starter. Everybody wants to be all-conference, all-American, whatever you have, and, and we put the work in to do that. But also, everybody on a successful team understands that, uh, you know, being the, the best player on a, on an 0-12 or 0-16 team, uh, it isn't saying much, you know, and, and uh, if we have any Browns fans listening, I'm sorry, but that, I always use a Browns analogy, you know, being a being all pro on an 0 16 Browns team, you know, doesn't really get you very far. And so um, that's something I learned in football, you know, it's it's about being competitive and it's OK to want to be number one, but it's not at the at the uh, cost of, of your team and your teammates. And so we always I, we embody that competitive collaboration. Uh, in, in our day in our in our everyday life, um, for me personally and, and professionally. Um and and so I think a lot of those things, you know, the hard work and and the um being on time and I mean it's all just it, it's an underlying theme of just again taking ownership of of your life, taking ownership of your job, um, whether you're an athlete or not. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that you can you can take away there. Um and it's just something that that's just really been impactful for me Um, and and just kind of knowing what it, what it takes and knowing that, you know, you're going to bust your tail, um, you know, through, through the spring and through the summer, um, essentially for, you know, uh, anywhere from 10 to 16 weeks. Yeah. I mean, you work all that time for, you know, some people are fortunate enough to play more than 10 games. Some people get injured in week one, you know, and and that's it for them. Um, But, but, you know, you understand. That's what makes it, you know, so much sweeter at the end. Yeah. Uh, when you when you do adhere to all that and you do put those uh, put those practices into into play uh, in your life. So that yeah, that's that's probably a um, couple of the key things that I've taken away and, and still use to this day.
0: I, I like what you talked about. How you know, sports is kind of, is a great way for you to learn those lessons. Like you talked about, you know, learn being on time, where the stakes are pretty low. You know. Um, it's there are some very serious lessons that you can learn, and and when when you screw up, you know the 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 stakes are relatively minimal. You know you're gonna like you said you got to run some sprints or maybe you know uh you have some you know and it could even be maybe you miss a half of a game or maybe you miss a whole game but still uh, you take that same mistake in the real world quote unquote and the mistakes I mean I'm sorry the the, the ramifications uh could be much much worse you know you lose a job uh you know you um you, know, you you get arrested or something like that so i think that that's a great uh one a great thing about sports is that it teaches you some serious lessons uh but you're still able to uh bowl with the bumper lanes i guess if that makes sense or, or ride around with some training wheels still and and, yeah. and kind of figure those things and, out and
1: you and you just know right you know those people those people who've been through it there's almost like whether it's a different sport whether it's the same sport whether you know they were uh division one division three whatever it is there's just an associate an association and kind of an understanding unspoken um between athletes right like they, they you just understand the hard work that somebody's put in and Um, even if, even if we're not talking about it at the the collegiate level, you know, I know there are a lot of, a lot of successful people that don't make it to college, but, but even just in in high school sports, I mean, there is so much of a, um, you know, just an understanding that if you've subjected yourself to that and come through it, uh, you know, there is, there is an unspoken accomplishment or or level that you've leveled up to, um, and athlete to athlete, people just know, right. People just know that there is. You're, this is a person that's going to work hard. This is a person that's that's going to do what it takes for the team, um, and, uh, and and now and then you have your your defects and and you have people who, who you know have more. Uh, more, uh, pumps themselves up more on Facebook or social media, you know, than, than what was actually uh, reality. But, um, you know, I think that, yeah, that's, it's just kind of something that, and we look for that every day. And I think we gravitate towards those folks naturally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, people who are
1: of a uh, birds of a feather type of, uh, approach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Grant, talk about some lessons that, that you learned, uh, playing football.
1: Huh
2: uh man i would say just the lesson i learned is how to fight i mean that 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 really could could really sum it up for me um you know and i mean that in the literal sense of the term uh and then not so much yeah definitely uh, I mean, in the literal because look, I,
0: I witnessed several fights you know in the in the, the one year of overlap that we had at harding i witnessed several fights uh on the practice me? field yeah oh yeah yeah oh so, yeah. yeah well
2: look man i so it was my senior year. I mean, I was a 22, almost three year old guy, and man, we're duking it out in practice. And, and I never will forget. It was the day that that we were electing captains, and I got in a fight with one of the guys on the defensive line. It was just kind of what you do. And 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 Coach Trib came over to me, Coach Tribble. He grabbed me by the face mask, and he said, he looked at me, and said, "That's it. That's enough fighting. You fought enough." And I'm like, "I've been doing that for four and a half years. I thought you guys like." That's kind of was what I do. I mean like that's what you guys like and and he was like that's enough and you know I learned it was a tough transition sometimes too because I had to also learn the hard way that fighting on the football field doesn't really pay off off the football field in the same way like you can still fight but not physically like you you know it just it's not good but the mentality that you've always got to be a fighter and no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what it is, like, you got to be willing to go at it, man. And I mean, sometimes that means just getting up, getting your butt up out of bed on a day you don't want to and go, you know what I mean? Or, or when things in life are stacked against you, you just kind of stay with it and be willing to, to, to grind it out. And and that was one of the things that football taught me, look, man, you know, you got to show up sometimes in August and, You know, you practice, uh, you know, two or three times a day and you do it. You know, it's just not fun, but you got to grind it out. You got to fight and you got to want to win. I mean, there was a lot of days uh, of my football playing that I lined up against a guy who was better than me. You know what I mean? Like his measurables were better. He knew he was better. I knew he was better. But, man, look, I'm not just going to lay down and hand it to you. Like. You're going to go home at the end of this game and go, that dude over there would just not stop. And, and that mentality uh, is something I've tried to carry on into my life. Look, in the business world, um, you know, it, it, even in my marriage, like I mean, fighting in my marriage is, is certainly not the same as fighting in football, but, you know, it's something that I'm passionate about and that, and that in the correct way I'm going I'm to fight for that. I'm going to be successful. We're going to, you know, sometimes my wife, she, she hates the mentality. Cause like, gosh, you just chill out sometimes. But man, I, I would and I and I'm I'm proud of that. Uh I'm proud of that mentality. It just says, hey, keep going, keep fighting, man.
0: Yeah. Okay, so here's here's where I want to 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 have some real world application here. Because Grant, you know, you're the general manager at, at Buck Commander, as you talked about at, at the top of this episode. So how in the world does a willingness to fight and, and 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 that sort of mentality how does that help you in a jo- with a job in the hunting industry
2: Ooh, that's a good question you know and, and i would just say i would probably zoom out a little bit and just say in business in general like man you know it's easy to make excuses well, oh well the market's down oh well you know these external factors are having an impact on how i do my job or you know, this guy, if I could just get this guy to do that, then it would be, then I would be more successful. And so you really have to go, you know, you know what, for me, I need to figure out a way to get it done. You know what I mean? And I I need to to not, you know, try to rake in all these, these excuses, but just say, what can I do to be better? You know what I mean? Like challenge myself. And you know, a lot of the people I I work with, they don't really get it, but you know, as much as I want to push you to be better, like, Hey man, if I'm not pulling my weight, call me out on it. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, yeah. that's the that's what I'm used to. I'm used to saying, hey, I expect a lot from you. You expect a lot from me. If you're not getting from me what you think you ought to, by all means, Jack Armstead would have had my butt out here running until my tongue hung out like a red bandana, right? Like, he would have yeah. got it out of – sometimes maybe I don't see that I'm not giving you my best, you, you know, that mentality. Um, so, yeah, and, and it, trust me, it's tough. Trying to bring sports analogies to the business world sometimes because not everybody gets that intensity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like it, you know, I'm all wanting to go to the to the dry erase board with three colors of markers and line it out. When it, you know, but uh, but I just think that mentality and the, and the passion, you know, and just the commitment that that it takes to succeed in football. When you take that to other elements of your life, people like they gravitate towards that because they know you mean business. Yeah, and they know you'll have their back um, that's a key as well. Like my teammates, they know I have their back. The people that I work with, you know, I would like for them to know that when you, what you're going to get from Grant today, like if, if he's saying you're doing a good job, that dude means that, right? Because when you do something good, he's going to be the first one to jump up and slap you on the back and say, man, awesome job. We appreciate that. We need more of that. Also, if we need to correct some things, you know, he's sincere about that as well. Like, I'm just not a guy who's going to get on to you just because like we got an issue that needs to be corrected. And, and once we correct it, that's great. Let's move on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when, when, when guys get into coaching, you know, they always talk about how it's, you know, it was the next best thing to, to actually playing. And when they, you know, they realize I couldn't play anymore. They did the next best thing as they jumped into coaching. And what I've seen is you kind of take that drive and passion that you had, uh, for football that you poured into actually playing, and now you poured into coaching, and your satisfaction satisfaction comes from, you know, now seeing your own kids do well, right? Like you, you know, you coach these guys up during the week and and all during the off season, and then when you see them be successful, obviously that's kind of what that's that's what does it for you. And then obviously experiencing success, winning games and things like that. I, I'm curious, you know, because you guys still have that same passion and drive that you have for football, except now it's it's devoted to other things within your business so garrett like for you what what is it that gets you out of bed every morning that kind of you know makes you want to just rip the sheets back and 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 go attack the day like you talked about you know just being competitive with things like what is it that that still gives you that that juice
1: yeah i mean i I work for work for a large organization i mean we're we're a big company um and and so it's easy in big companies to kind of get lost in the shuffle and and lost in the crowd. But, um, our, our team, I mean, I'm, I'm ultra competitive and we are, we're all judged based on metrics and, uh, you know, there are about eight peers, um, in in our business unit and, and I want to be the best. I mean, I want my team to be the most productive. I want to be my, I want my team to be the highest performer. I mean, those are the things, those are our games, uh, so to speak. And so, You know, we look at it each week. I mean, there's certain you know, it's like uh, it's like getting in the film room. You know, there are certain metrics that we know that are, uh, are indicators of success, and and certain lead indicators and lag indicators, things that we should be doing um, that we should be and could be doing better. And 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 it's really just kind of instilling a mentality in our team that look, this is not it's not just about me, and me wanting to be you know um, the best in my role, but it's about our team and and kind of that pride um, you know, instilling that kind of vigor, um, within everybody on the team. And, you know, we've talked a lot about it. I mean, being in the business place and in the workplace is no different than having a team full of different personalities. Um, you know, it's the exact same thing and and motivations are different, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that gets me out of bed every day and and is, uh, showing up to work and being somebody that, you know, is looked at and respected and, and thought of as a leader. And, and, um, and capable, but also uh, not just capable in my own in my own right, but also of, of taking a team and um, you know and, and building them uh, to be the the again top performing team uh, across all the metrics. And you know, I, I think there are so many ties. Uh, you know, I guess the one thing that I would kind of share with the the coaches who are listening is you know, I mean, like there are a piece of advice that I was given when I kind of moved into a leadership role was. You know, when when you're a, an individual contributor, think uh, a player on the team. I mean, everything you do uh, has immediate impact, almost. Um, you know, and so so for me as a uh, as a normal salesperson, everything that I did impacted my livelihood. When you move into leadership, you move into coaching. Um, you know, things don't move at that same pace. Uh, and so uh, the advice I was given was to think of think of your team. Um, as a cruise ship whereas if you're an individual player an individual person and you're more of a ski boat right and so while as a coach you may only have you know uh, be turning that cruise ship at one degree at a time if you've got 22 kids on the field 40 50 60 kids in your program that you're you're improving one degree or one percent every day the overall impact is gonna be even greater, Yeah. right? So that was the thing that got me fired up about leadership and I think is applicable in coaching is, you know, you may feel like you wanna turn that thing on a dime and and come in and institute um, immediate change, but the reality is you've got to be, um, you know, you've gotta have a mindset of getting 1% better every day. Um, And once you start seeing that 1% out of 40, 50, 60 kids, that's when you see programs turn around and yep. that's what we've seen in our business. And so that, that's kind of the mentality that, you know, for me was something that was instilled through playing football and, and something that we carry forward uh, into our workplace today.
0: Yeah. That's great stuff, Garrett. And I know you've done some, some really uh, cool things as far as motivating your team and, and, you know, with, with like, uh, you know, kind of these little uh, awards that you give to the top salesman on your team and then an, an award that you give to the, 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 Lowest ranking salesman, which I thought was pretty cool, and it wasn't a big deal. It was just kind of a subtle way of of recognizing the person who did well, and also kind of calling out the person who didn't do so hot, and in a polite way, be like, "Hey, you know, get it together." Uh, and so I I think that that's cool, Grant. Um, now, when people hear about your job, and 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 maybe some of these guys have seen you know seen you on the show on on uh, Buck Commander, or even when Duck Dynasty was around. Um, you know, they might think, well, it's easy to go to that job. You know, I mean, crap, you're 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 talking about hunting all the time, or uh, you know, you're going on these hunting trips, or you know, maybe you're shooting an episode or something like it's easy. Um, but for you, you know, what what gives you that juice, that that feeling of you know, I, I can't wait to get out of bed this morning. What gets you to work and and w- with that same fire and passion that you had when you were a football player?
2: Well. First of all, let me just say, I, I mean, I don't know what all Garrett's talking about, turning cruise ships and all that, but um, <laughs> he he, he, uh, he did work with us for about two and a half years once he got out of college. So I'd like to go on ahead and take this opportunity to absorb, you know, a fair portion of credit for whatever success he's had as a professional uh, due to his, you know, time under my, my uh, mentorship. yeah, yeah, um, of course. I don't remember teaching him about turning cruise ships at, a, you know, whatever, anyway. But good job, Garrett. We're real proud of you. Uh, you know, Ty. To answer your the original question that you posed, I mean, look, life has its scoreboards, right? I mean, it really, you know, and it's win-loss records, and that's what we look at. That's how we evaluate ourselves. And you know, in in, in your business, it's literally is wins and losses, and, and it's literally a scoreboard. And you're judged by that. Uh, your livelihood is predicated on you know having more wins than losses and that kind of thing and and so you know in what I do I mean people say hey man I, you know all you do is hunt for a living and that I mean look let's be honest I, I hunt you know more than any any uh, man should be able to do so and call it his job there's no question about that however there is a scoreboard in my job and it happens to be you know balance sheets and and profit and loss statements and that kind of thing and 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 black ink is good and red ink means you know start looking for another job just like wins and losses right i mean so we have our scoreboards and so the measurables whatever they are whatever the whatever the the metric by which you judge success or failure really is what drives you you know what i'm saying and so you just turn on that scoreboard you know what that is you know what the the objectives are and so once those are kind of lined out you just go after them you just go try to get them and and you know hey this year the 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 accountant said you did good you know what I mean and yeah. so but you got to figure out how to do it again next year right I Yeah. Mean, you can't keep resting on last year you keep resting on last year that's going to be far enough in the past people aren't going to care anymore they right. want to know what can you do this year yeah and, and that's that's one of the things that you just kind of Get you up every day and go, how can I be better this year? How can I sharpen myself? How can I listen to somebody who can give me some advice or some wisdom and pay attention and and that kind of thing? So, yeah, I I would say for me, sure, you know, I'm all for the lighthearted commentary about my job being easy, and then a lot of days it is. But at the same time, if it doesn't work out on on the paper, then it doesn't work out for me in real life. So And that's a challenge.
0: Yeah. You, Grant you have uh, you know you have two boys with another one on the way and and I know your oldest uh, Judson has already started playing some flag football and and I'm just curious you know what have you already told them about playing football and and what will you tell them about playing football if in fact they all three decide to to play and is that something you're gonna you know hey really strongly encourage them to play, or how are you going to handle that and what will you tell them about about football
2: Well, you know I think I mean, I think when you have boys and, and, you know, a lot of you guys that have boys would know this, like you you really want them to want to do some of the things that that you do and that you enjoy because you want to be able to share that with them. You know, that being said, I I also made it a conscious effort not to push them towards doing the things that I like to do. Like I I just wanted them to gravitate towards their interests and, and, and really let them be their own person. I never really took into account that I might have to, pull back the thr- the throttle a little bit. You know what I mean? Like like man, I'm glad they like what I like what I like, but ooh, they're really liking it. And so that man, uh especially Judson, he's seven. He loves football. He's asking questions and he's wanting to know and uh, you know, I he, he's I I I encourage it. You know, I, I encourage it. If he wants to do it, that's great. If he doesn't then, then he doesn't. And if he is then, okay, there's a certain way we're going to go about it. We're going to give everything we've got. We're going to play where the coach wants us to play. And sometimes I'm the coach. When you're seven years old, sometimes your dad's the coach. And, you know, you kind of get coached up. But we have to have these different talks about here's what it's like to be coached. You know, here's what, you know, it's not always going to be pats on the back. Sometimes it's going to be slaps on the butt and say, hey, get it in gear. Um, but yeah, man, as much as they want to play, we'll get after it. And, and, you know, now I have the virtue of having the experiences that I have to share with them, um, yeah. which is kind of fun. So, but you know, again, like anything else, you kind of got to pick your spots and, and sometimes your dad, sometimes your coach, and, and you kind of got to figure out how to play, play those roles when necessary.
0: Garrett, if you could go back to seventh grade, Garrett, uh, you know, you you wouldn't recognize him first of all because uh he always wore wrinkly clothes um you know and rarely combed his hair and was uh, that head
2: headgear, headgear gear uh,
0: that well i wasn't going to bring that up but that i think that was that was maybe a little bit younger but um okay. and now you you know you're this polished up uh you know wear a, a coat and and nice shirt to work every day and and working in and you know downtown dallas uh, or plano um anyway uh, Garrett, if you could go back to that seventh grade kid, who's, who's just starting getting into football, what advice would you give him about what he's about to embark on?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think first of all, I would tell him to bring a, bring a different shirt to practice. Cause I was more times than not the kid running around with a polo shirt, collar <laughs> hanging out in my pad. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I, I don't, I'm sure those kids still exist. to this Oh day, yeah, but
0: for sure. For sure. Uh,
1: but that was me. I mean, it was all your hand me downs. But yeah. No, I mean I think I think, you know, I'd tell that kid just to um, you know, soak it up. I mean, I think that there are so many things about that phase in life where, you know, to me seventh grade was kinda of like the ushering into real football, um, outside of other stuff and um and I didn't really know, you know, what football was. I mean, that was back when, you know, you're playing offense defense, you know sometimes they'd put the heavy lunch bunch out there on kickoff, and we'd run down the field and uh you know get our turn and and uh but yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know if I had an opportunity to sit down with a kid that's in junior high, it'd be re- really just about like helping them um uh, you know understand kind of some of the things that are gonna that are gonna come out of that right, and really just kind of paint the picture of of what uh football and the impact that football could have on their life. Yeah. Um, cause at that age, you're not thinking about anything, uh, anything like that. Yeah. And it's not that it needs to be that serious, but it's also like, like these, you know, some of the things that you're going to encounter and do in the next you know, couple of months and years will, will literally impact your, your entire life, um, and, and make you the man that, um, you know, you're inevitably going to want to be. And so just kind of just share that vision, not make it too serious, but just kind of make it more like, Hey, this is, you know, this is a, a badge of honor. Um, and, and so treat it that way, you know, and and if you do uh, a lot of really, really good things are going to come out of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Garrett, what what do you miss the most about playing football? Uh, it has to be it has to be the
1: camaraderie. You know just in being with being with guys that are like minded um you know I had a couple friends in town this past weekend that guys that i played football with that are lifelong friends um you know and just instantly picking up where we left off um you know just just being around guys who are have the same goals as you and guys who who are gonna work hard and have the same uh you know mentality as you that that's one of the things that pretty hard to replicate uh, outside of outside of football and outside of sports um, but that's got to be that's got to be one of the things i miss the most
0: grant what about you what do you miss the most about playing football eating and hitting people <laughs> <clears throat> yeah i changed my answer to that <laughs> eating without Eating
1: without having to worry about
0: it. Yeah, yeah. And, and hitting people. Like, yeah. you know
1: what I mean? Because,
2: like, you had a hard day, you had something, you just go put the pads on, just start banging on people for about an hour and a half, two hours. You feel better when you go home.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's the unique thing about football is, you know, you can always go play pickup basketball with your buddies or even, like, join a softball league or something. But, you know, you, you can't ever do that. You can't ever – uh you can't ever just I mean, go put the look pads at you on crazy
2: in a softball game when you go over there and bang the bat on the fence it's just like you know what i mean like that's taboo you yeah. can't do that but in football you just go run into somebody right and uh man it feels good yeah yeah
0: okay uh grant what what what, what do you miss the least about playing football oh
2: man miss the least well i mean i don't want to say back in my day because i'm not that old but It was pre-Under Armour, you know, dry fit, moisture wicking. You have those long cotton shirts that were just nasty, soaked with sweat. And, you know, they start out at the beginning of practice kind of at your waistline. And by the end of practice, they're just tripping your knees. (laughs) They're just so soaked and stretched out with sweat. Yeah, Um, Yeah. So I don't miss them on nasty Uh, T-shirts. I don't, you know. That's about it. I mean, I I don't. I don't. I Dude, if if you told me, hey, you're 20 again and you can go get a set of pads and get after it, I I would do it. In fact, you know, there's a small part of it feels like you could hand me a set of pads right now and I could give you a couple drives. That's probably easy. Easy. Not the case. But you know,
0: yeah. All right. I would. I'd like to go down swinging. I'm I'm sure West Monroe's got some sort of you know semi pro. Uh, has beens league that you can go and get all you want. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to uh, be a season ticket holder of that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Garrett, well, nah, I think we'll just let it remain a mystery. Okay. Well, all right.
2: But if Garrett, you want some, bring, bring two sets of pads. Oh, here we over. go.
0: Here we go. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe it took almost an hour and a half into this. To Here we
2: are. We finally got there. Yeah. The yeah. Be
0: okay. Uh, Garrett, what, what do you miss the least about playing football?
1: Look, I'll be I'll be honest. I mean, I I, I don't miss uh, I don't miss anything that required me running more than ten or fifteen yards. Um, as an offensive lineman, you know, I don't I don't know how many folks can relate to this on the call, but I'm sure even some of you D-line coaches who were uh, portly in your high school years played offensive line. But I don't miss the sled. That was uh that was the worst thing that I ever. I, an offensive lineman could encounter not yeah. because it's overly hard, or not because it's you know, anything that you can't accomplish, but and it sled for whatever reason just had negative connotations uh, yeah. throughout my entire career. And it was a it was a foregone conclusion at the start of every practice that we were going to drive that thing, what seemed like a mile and a half. Um, yeah, I don't miss. I mean, there are a lot. I, I I loved. I loved. Being physical, I loved you know working out. I loved all that, but there's certain aspects. Getting up at 5 a.m. was not one of my favorite things. Um, the getting out of the bed was the hardest part. Uh, but man, I, I think of all things, that sled was just the thing yeah. that I probably hated the most. Uh, you D line guys probably can't relate as much, but for me, that's what it was.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we're all we 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 live on the sled, but we're not necessarily driving it because that's kind of counterproductive what we're trying to do. But yeah, um, for sure. You know, as an offensive lineman, that sled, man, it's a love-hate relationship with that thing for sure. Uh, I'm actually going to answer this question too, uh, just because I thought about this as, as as y'all were answering. One thing that, that I definitely do not miss was the anticipation of practice. Like, I remember in fourth grade, no one, you know, when I my, that first year of playing, I played for the Huntsville Oilers and sitting uh-huh. there in fourth grade and no one, man – at at 3.30, you know, I rode, a carpool with some kids, like, man, that bell's going to ring, and we're going to have to go out there to practice, and that, my helmet doesn't fit right, and it hurts my head, and it's going to be like, you know, two hours of standing in the heat, and then that, that feeling never left, like, you get to high school, and it's like, man, you know, it's like starting to get, you know, it's coming, it's going to get the end of the day, and that bell rings, you better be running down to the field, and you're going to put your shirt, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then it, you get to college, and, you know, especially during that time in fall camp when it's when you're doing two practices a day. You know, we'd do one in the morning, one in the evening, and uh, you'd go back in the middle of the day after meetings and stuff, and and take you know just some hellacious nap. And uh, but it still was hard to like fully relax. So you just knew, man, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. That practice is coming, and uh, that was a lot of a lot of anxiety, uh, just just you know anticipating, kind of like what you're talking about, Garrett. You know, think about hitting a sled, but just anticipating the practice and. And, um, you know, it was never as bad once you got into it, but I think the anticipation was was worse than the actual practice most of the time.
2: Ty, right, let's do this. Let's do a real quick rapid fire things you don't miss. Just like one or two words. Okay. Ready? And, right. and I, I'm going to go first. Okay. Pull in the ring. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. Pull in the ring. All right, Garrett, what you got? Uh, Hot turf. Okay. I miss the cold, sweaty shirt. That's not dried from the morning practice that you got to go put back on. I know that's more than a couple words. All right. Don't miss that. Yeah. I don't miss that. Okay. I don't miss, I don't miss the cold, sweaty shirt. And four, I don't miss drinking hot water from a PVC PVC pipe. PVC pipe at man's bar. Yeah. All right, Garrett. I don't miss,
1: uh, I don't miss swampy practice fields where you get shin deep in some, uh, some just swamp water.
0: All right. Uh, Here's one. When the coach would flip his ring over and walk by and bang you on the helmet, like smack you on the top of the helmet, uh, and your ears would ring, I don't, I don't miss that.
2: I don't miss Monday practices in high school and Tuesday practices in college. Okay. I don't miss end of practice conditioning. I don't miss pregame meals at the hitching Post. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah yeah, for Uh, sure for sure i mean we uh our ours was pretty standard um subway uh and it was already there um i don't miss okay
2: worse than that i'm gonna tell you this so i would say this when i was in high school we used to eat when we played an out-of-town game we would eat a pre-game meal and a post-game meal and there's nothing worse than driving 50 miles south of Houston to get your butt handed to you, and then driving back. And before they'll drop you off at the fieldhouse, you got to go to the hitching post to eat a hamburger at like 11:30 or 12 o'clock at oh, night, knowing you got to be back up at 7:30 to go run, yeah. lift, and watch film at 8 o'clock. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Give me a break, man. Let me <laughs> out of
0: this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I, one. Th- I thought of something. One thing I don't miss is. You know, um, I think it was uh coach Cooey's drill, uh, maybe my junior or senior year, but we we do agilities. You know, we had like the um like the, the foot ladder, right? But it was like um bungee cords with like an on aluminum oh, yeah. frame. And so, but then that was underneath like I'm sure one of the coaches made it. You know, it was like uh um, sure. it was like uh angle iron chute with like <laughs> hog panel in on top, you know. Oh and yeah. so like Stay you're low, you're Stay doing low. your you're doing your agilities underneath that chute. And heaven forbid that your helmet comes up and hits that thing, because um, it's kind of like the ring on the, that I mentioned, like a coach's ring hitting your helmet. Like it was just, it was very unforgiving. I mean, now we have shoots with like the nylon top, and if they're they're they don't even, they don't even know if their helmets hitting it, you know. But anyway, that's that's definitely something that that I don't miss. Uh, ultimately. I think all of us, you know, giving all of those things, we'd still go back in a no minute. And, and Grant, you're, I, you know, I kind of gave you a hard time for saying you thought you could still go mix it up. I think that all the time. Now I'm at a place where we have some pretty big uh, kids, and so I don't think that as much. Looking at those guys, um, because I wouldn't want to go up against them right now. But um, I also yeah. think too, like I wish I could go back now with like the knowledge and things that I have, and 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 and, and play now, because I, I I feel like I would be. A lot better, but the truth, the, the 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 sad truth is, I probably wouldn't be. But anyway, yeah, I, I well, definitely. Whether you
2: could or couldn't, the mentality that you think you can is still persisting, yes. right? I mean, oh, so yeah. you know, you make a grant, that you're way off. No, there's no way. But we all have that mentality that yes, I could still do it if get. And that's what drives, I mean, that's what makes us who we are. That's why we, you know, that's the mentality that kept us playing football. Yeah. Of course, we believe yeah. we can
0: do it. Yeah, for sure. Well. uh Let let me, let me ask you this question and then we'll move on to some wrap up questions to close this thing out. Garrett, if you were, if you could speak directly to, to coaches uh, right now, what what message of encouragement would you give to football coaches today?
1: You know, I mean, for me, it would be just to, uh, you know, stay positive because I think what, you know, we've talked about it a lot. I mean, like coaches in football these days, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of hardships and a lot of, you know, you get a lot of, helicopter parents and, and, uh, uncles in the uh, uncles in the crowd who know what plays you should be calling and, and, uh, you know, see the plays coming from a mile away. But I mean, at the, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we talked about it, the closest thing to play in is coaching and, and you guys are doing what a lot of, a lot of us wish we could do. Um, and you're close, closer to the game that we all love, um, closer than uh, everybody except the players. And so I would just. Uh, just just tell you guys that um let's stay encouraged, stay positive because we uh you know there's a whole whole group of us out here that wish we could be doing what you're doing uh, and just don't have the ability to your level and so um you know you're you're impacting a lot of lives and and you're uh really shaping uh, the future um, of this you know of, of our country of our you know state that you're in et cetera and so um you know there's a lot of really good things that are happening. Uh, and and those are going to be the, the players and the people and the adults that, that one day that we're going to look to hire and we're going to be working with um, and, and so everything you're doing has an impact and, and we appreciate it
0: Grant what, uh, what message of encouragement would you give to football coaches today
2: um, you know one of the things I tell my own two kids when they play sports and look it's low level little league type situation but You know, right before they go out on the field to play a game, I tell them two things. First and most important thing when we play, remember your dad loves you. No matter what happens, your dad loves you. Number two, have fun. Because at that point, I just want them to, you know, if they know the dad loves them no matter what happens and they can just have fun, then then they're going to play to the best of their ability. Because we've spent hours and hours practicing in the yard and working on technique at time to play. I just want them to go have fun, man, and, and to not really worry about, you know, cutting their eyes at me, wondering if I think they're doing good or not. Just just go have fun. And, you know, the kids that, that are playing football at, at the high school level, at the end of the day, they just want to have fun. You know what I mean? Like they want to cut loose uh, and have fun. And so, man, hey, just every day is a blessing you need to go out there. That's awesome. You guys are are really doing what a lot of us wish we could do. So. Get after it. Have
0: fun. We love watching you. All right. A uh, couple of wrap-up questions for you here. And uh, this first one, <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious as to where this is going to go. But I'll, I'll ask you, Grant, um, first. If you were to be a football coach, what position would you want to coach? And which college or NFL coaches style would you say you most likely resemble? So if you're coaching, what position would you coach? Who, are you, who do you most likely resemble as far as coaching style goes?
1: Ooh,
2: you know what Ty um I feel like if I were to coach I would be I would not I, I you know you guys know so many things that I don't know that is lost on me. And I feel like as an offensive lineman I spent uh so much time only worrying about what our job was and not I have no idea what a route tree looks like or you know who's in motion. I don't XYZ, what is that? You know what I'm saying? Who are those guys? I just somebody go out there and catch the ball. So I would have to coach offensive line um but but uh you know my my style is really to try to and this is a bad answer, and this is you guys are gonna think I'm an idiot, but I don't know, pick a part of weakness, like I think you should always be able to go under center and get a yard if you have to, like if you can't go under center and take a snap to get a yard, I think you're just doing it wrong, but that being said, I like up tempo, I like putting pressure on people, I like hey. Let's get four, five, six yards a, a play, whether that's through the air or a quick run. Um so I do kind of like the new style of football that's kind of a fast break type offense. That's exciting. It's fun to watch. It is a little bit less defense, but hey, fix your defense to stop by our
0: fast offense. Wow, okay. Well suddenly I don't freaking like you as much as I did an hour ago. But uh anyway. No, I'm just kidding. Uh all right, yeah. Um and now I was I was kind of thinking like, you know, of a coach who you might resemble like like what kind of like what coach professional coach would you be the most like? And you know, I, I I thought about this a little bit and and I thought maybe like uh definitely like a a John Gruden me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of a little bit like Chuck. thinking more of Mike Leach. Yeah. Mike yeah i was gonna say that i would definitely not say mike lee i mean like grant i could see you kind of being like a like a john gruden like a little bit of like a chucky which is a good thing you okay. both have great you both have great he hair great. uh yeah he was
2: great on Monday night football yeah, yeah. he's
0: great on my football he's got a super bowl ring so i mean hey that's there yeah, you super go bowl. we All both right. have great hair yeah. yeah yeah and that's about where the comparisons end but uh anyway garrett if you were going to be a football coach and and I know both of you guys played offensive line and you say, well, I don't know any, you know, I don't know anything else. Well, okay. Just pretend that you did. Like, what would you, you know, like you get a chance to go pick, what do you want to coach? And, and which I'm, co-
2: I'm going to be an offensive coordinator or a head coach, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I would do. Okay. But
0: all anyway,
2: right. I
0: don't, you know, you and everybody like other...
2: be a head coach. Does that count?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and every other dad in the stands now you're sounding like one of those, yeah. one of those parents, uh, in the stand anyway. All right, Garrett, uh, what would you want to coach? I mean, I know it's a
1: typical answer, um, and, and so I'll give two answers. One is I, I would coach the offensive line, uh, mostly because you know, and I, I would probably go the opposite of Grant, probably because of the, my flex bone uh, background. But I, I, I really enjoyed the uh, – we got about six plays, and you know what's coming, but you still got to stop us, that type of mentality. Yeah. Um, You know, and and so that would probably be my approach. I mean, uh, you know, I referenced him earlier, but, you know, the Paul Johnson type of approach, like just pretty not a lot of not a lot of flair, line it up and run it. And, uh, you know, we're just going to pound you and uh, and you're going to have to stop us. But, you know, in in another world, um, you know, as a coach, I mean, you know, I don't know, I'd probably coach something like uh, I'd probably coach. DNs, to be specific, just because I think that that's probably something I'm uh, more familiar with or D-line in general, just because uh, I have a lot of respect and appreciation for that side of the ball, having uh, gone against those guys uh, a lot, and so I think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of the same uh, attributes and, and things that go on on that side of the ball uh, within that group. Um, and I think that's something I'd enjoy. I mean, if I really, outside of football, I think I'd be a strength coach. Yeah. Uh, just because I have a passion for that and um, you know being able to impact the entire the entire team. But um, yeah, I think that's what I'd pick.
0: Well, since you said defensive ends, if you ever want to take a significant pay cut and come coach defensive line with me, then the the invitation is 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 there. So. Uh, what uh, what what kind of what NFL or college coach do you would you your style would you most likely resemble?
1: Um, you know I, I can't say that I know a lot about you know those those guys and their their personalities or or mentalities. I I don't you know follow it as closely, but um, you know I think a lot about uh, you know some of the offensive line coaches and and some of the, uh, the those ground and pound type of guys that have, have kind of risen to the top. Um, yeah, I think about, um, you know, one of the guys that I think about is, uh, a guy like Paul Christ up at, at Wisconsin, you know, he's kind of moved around a couple different places, was an offensive line guy at heart and, and, uh, really kind of built a program that's, uh, respectable and, and, you know, they're kind of that ground and pound approach yeah, yeah, been in a couple different places and and nothing's changed. Uh, you know, his offenses have produced some of the top offensive linemen in, in the league. Um, and so I really like that kind of no nonsense, no, uh, you know, no frills type of approach uh, because it, it still gets the job done.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't think about that when I thought about uh, what kind of coach you might resemble. Here, here's who I thought. About another. He's
2: way more exciting than Paul Chris. Give
0: me a break. Well, <laughs> well, here, here's, here's where I went and you can tell I, I said, I said John Harbaugh, not Jim uh, But but John and you know oh, John the
2: boring one
0: yeah no John dude, John's got a Super Bowl ring, that's right and 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 Jim is like you know weird as crap and, and wears khakis all the times and and has sleepovers
2: He's got a doctors has, has
0: sleepovers with, with recruits so I mean I, I think that would if I was Garrett I'd be more frustrated about that than. But I, I think no, I think John is kind of a quieter guy or whatever. But like he also will get on them, and and I I just I, I that's there you go. That's just that was what I thought of. That's who I thought of. Uh, Bo- both both guys I compared y'all to you have Super Bowl rings. So I mean, what does that tell you about how I think about you? So you, you know, right. I mean, let's not get you know pick this thing apart too much here. Okay, last one. Hey, look, I'm more
1: appreciative than granted, so thank you. Yeah.
0: Well, right, yeah. We're all welcome. having
1: fun here, guys.
0: Hey, last, last one. Uh, Grant, funniest moments, and I know you have a bunch because I kind of grew up on some of these stories, uh, but funniest moments or memories that you have from playing football? Give us a couple.
2: Funniest moments or memories. Uh, a lot of bus rides on the Yellow Dog. one in particular back from Viter back in uh, 1997. Uh, quite an interesting trip. Had some guys that took their first experiment, uh, taking a dip of snuff, on a three-hour ride back to Huntsville, and that didn't go well. Um, that was a funny memory. Uh, <laughs> there was one Justin Goob Gibson on that bus with us. You might know him, Ty, from your days coaching now.
0: Yeah, he. For I'm those of not- you guys who don't know, he's <clears throat> our offensive coordinator here at Pleasant Grove. Uh, he and Grant played football together in high school. So.
2: Yeah that was one of my favorite trips we actually won that game big there was a lot of lot of lot of stories just from that one night but uh that was probably one of my favorites but the the other favorite when when i was a freshman a retro freshman in college we went to play at valdosta state and i've talked to a lot of people about this but man their stadium it was like the valdosta high school stadium and it was this terrible stadium and and there was no track and the stands were right close to the sideline. Like literally you could reach over the fence and you touch the people on the first row and man, they were relentless making fun of us. It was bad. And we got, we got killed and we left. Well, we came back three years later when I was a senior and I was telling all these guys like, man, this is going to be a brutal environment. You got to get ready, get your mind right, tune it out. When well, we pull up and you know, unbeknownst to me, they had totally, uh, really built a whole new stadium. Really nice facility, field turf. And so all these younger guys were like, dude, what was all that you were talking about? This terrible field. I was like, I promise you. Three years ago, this was terrible. So... Um, that was probably two of the memories for me that stick out the most.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, there's some stories from that game that I know you've told me that we really can't repeat on this podcast, some some pretty funny things that were said from the stands, and I know they were, I think they were throwing peanuts at you guys, and of course oh, yeah. they had the program, and so they knew all of your names, and they're they're calling you out by name, and I mean, the worst were, one was,
2: "Hey Grant, why is your jersey still clean?" I'm like, "I mean, how how can I get mad at that?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm one of the only guys yeah. that hasn't played. Yeah, the uniforms
0: played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Garrett, what are what? Do you, I know you have some funny stories as well, some things from from playing. Uh, so, talk about some of those.
1: Yeah, one of the funniest ones was uh, actually occurred off the field when we were at Harding. We had a, a service project. One week and and we went out to this boys' ranch and we were just kind of helping them do some work and and we had this guy that was um he didn't grow up on a ranch, wasn't used to uh that kind of lifestyle, but they had these porta potties out there and and we uh watched them go in to the porta potty, use the restroom and they had these uh bunch of yard chickens, chickens just running around. Um, and so I went and picked one up and had somebody open up the the porta potty and we threw it in there on him and and uh kind of trapped him in there and and needless to say he uh kind of made a mess of things but um (laughs) you know there's just one of those team building activities that that we thought was funny yeah yeah and uh, and certainly is a memory that sticks out uh you know one of my coaches on the coaches on this podcast might not necessarily like this but it's a memory that sticks out my uh my senior year we were a uh, 418 playing against 5A Magnolia and it was a tight game all, all they were supposed to be this and we got down within the final minute of the game uh, and we run the same little kind of bootleg pass to a, a young receiver two times in a row uh, on the goal line couldn't score um, and our, our coaches decided third time was the charm and they called the play into the huddle and, and we um was, quarterback was a senior and a couple of the offensive linemen were seniors and and we decided we weren't going to run that play we were on about the two yard line we just decided we were going to will our way into the end zone and so we took myself and our left tackle who were were the biggest offensive linemen we we moved ourselves to guard um and we just we uh we decided to change a play and we ran 44 blasts which was just right up the uh right side a gap and uh it was fourth fourth and goal and and They called in that same pass play, and we changed it in the huddle and got up there and and, uh, ran it in for a touchdown and ended up winning the game. And uh, Our head coach never officially addressed it with us. Um, We got a bunch of sideward glances from the offensive assistant as we ran off the field in celebration. Uh, But that was one of the memories, one of the funnest things. Again, coaches might not like that we changed the play in the huddle, but but that was one of the funniest things that we, we still talk about to this day.
0: Well, dang! I mean, sometimes you know, we as coaches can be can be guilty of overthinking things. And I mean, seriously, kind of like what you talked about, Grant. I mean, you got to be able to get under the get under center and and get a yard when you need a yard, and not not overthink things and not be too fancy with it. So, uh, definitely took some nuts to do that. And uh, so, so uh, obviously, I, I don't remember that. I, never, I don't remember that story. So I'm glad it worked out for you. And uh, I, I can imagine that the reaction would have been a whole lot different if y'all hadn't of hadn't scored there
1: oh yeah I mean it would have been absolutely uh absolute chaos had we not scored on that play I'm confident that our trajectory as football players would have forever been changed following that play if it
0: hadn't been a success for sure for sure well guys I think that's gonna gonna do it for our conversation t- tonight, I th- we, you know we've, we've covered a lot of ground and, and I uh, got to talk about a lot of great stuff and I, I'm really, really glad we got to do it and, uh, and feel uh you know, all joking aside, you know, and, and blessed to, to call you guys, my brothers. And, and for those of you guys listening, I mean, whenever I have something going on uh, in my life professionally or otherwise, uh, these are the two guys that I'm calling to get advice from. And, you know, honestly, a big reason why I'm here at Pleasant Grove is because, uh, Grant will kind of talk some sense into me. And, and, uh, so uh owe a lot to both of these guys and, and owe a lot to both of you guys. So thank you so much for, for coming on and talking and, and sharing uh, some of the stuff with us today. And I know the guys listening are going to really appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. Love you, man. Yeah. That, uh, appreciate it. I appreciate you having us on. Thanks again to Grant and Garrett for coming on today. You know, you guys, sort of got to, to get a, a, a peek in our relationship and, and, and hear some things uh, from them that, that even that I had not heard before this conversation. So uh, that, that was pretty cool and, and, and really glad that we got to, uh, got to do that. Uh, again, hey, it would make these guys day if you would follow them on Twitter. You can find Grant at GrantGTTaylor and Garrett, you can find him at GarrettTaylor78. Also, make sure you follow our show on Twitter at KYPD Podcast. It would definitely make our day. And if you want to contact us, you can always do that by shooting us an email at KYPDpodcast at gmail.com. Our quote of the day, provided by my brother Grant, is this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing your faith produces perseverance. And that's from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 through 3, which is just a great verse, considering uh, this, the things that we're go- that are going on in our country right now. So that's a a, a great quote for us to uh, to consider and take with us as we face the days and weeks and perhaps even months ahead. And that will finally do it for this extra long episode number fifty two. Be sure to check back with us on Monday, where we will get back to talking some football. And for the first time on this podcast, I'll have a co-host. Now, who will it be? Well, I'll just say this. He would give the Dos Equis guy a run for his money as the most interesting man in the world. But check back in with us on Twitter on Sunday night, and I will let you know who that's going to be. Really excited about that, and you're definitely going to want to check that episode out next week on Monday, episode number 53. Until then, hey, guys, stay inside. Keep your spirits up. Oh, yeah. And what else, Grant? Keep your head up.